When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello, welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online, brought to you in association with Giovanni's. We're a day later than normal, which we apologise for, uh, the schedule that we've all had here. But uh, delighted to be joined, uh, Dominic Booth, by Nathan Blake and Paula Bandonato. Welcome to you both. Welcome, welcome, Dominic. Hello. Uh, the chat in uh, the studio before recording has been about Coronation Street, but we promise to try and keep to football if we can, especially these two. Hey, man, don't, don't hate. Congratulations. Oh, man, can I? Don't even watch Coro. Yeah, well, it's you know, disgr- oh, no, it's with the Dales. Um, obviously, we're going to be discussing the defeat to Everton, looking ahead to the Friday night showdown with Wolves, where loyalties will be split for one Nathan Blake for sure. Oh, there's no divided loyalties there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I just wanted like to get a reaction. <laughs> I just well, yeah, yeah, you see that? I didn't have to go. I, Paul just I, spoke I, for I, me. I, I got to defend Blakey yeah. there. No divided yeah. loyalties Paul at all. Paul acting as Blakey's official spokesman. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know him too well. Come on, Dom. My family's ingrained in this scene. Well, let's get on then. Let's get on to the Everton game, uh, which only Paul of the three of us were, was actually at, but we've both seen it in full, Nathan. So maybe we should uh, we should defer to Paul. And yeah, uh, give your initial observations on the the one 0 defeat. I'll be brief because the fans want to hear what Blakey's got to say on this, not me. But just very brief. It was a disappointing performance. It was Route One lumpered up to Cal- to Callum Patterson, Aaron Gunnison long throws, very very little craft in the final third. Never really looked like scoring, to be honest with you. Mm. 1-0 could easily have been 3 or 4. They were competitive as always. Yeah. But uh, Cardiff need more than that away from home if they're going to win matches away from home. I, I defer to you. Well, they, 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 what I found was they nullified um, Everton to a degree, first half especially. And then um, I was concerned with Gomez and um, Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. Sigurdsson kept playing in that pocket between centre-halves and Gunnison and uh, kept picking up the ball in dangerous spots and creating and what have you and you're thinking he's the one player you don't want to have you know in and around that 18 yard box or 20 yard line just attacking the defence and uh, second half then I just thought you know defensively I think we're a lot wiser and got a better understanding of what needs to be done defensively, but then attacking-wise, it was just there was just nothing there. I have to say, I totally agree with Paul. It was attack, you know. I remember watching it. One-dimensional. And uh, you know how fans get excited. They sing most of the game, but they get excited when you start to put that pressure on a bit, even if it's for a minute or two. And that just didn't materialise throughout the whole game. And um, 
everything were like uh, like in first, second gear. You know, they didn't really. And that's my worry. I, I had this conversation with um, with Rob Phillips, and he's saying like, oh, you know, they've done okay, and they did. And I keep saying like, you know, you know, that's that's. There's a few results now where you say they've done okay, but in my opinion, these teams are turning up with the attitude it's only Cardiff mm. and we're going to beat you. And when they do at the canter, that is a worry for me. And Reminded me I of the Spurs game, Blake. Yeah, very much so. It very was much like Spurs so. and Everton didn't need to do any more than they did in the end and, yeah. and it was never... Cardiff never really challenged their goal. Yeah, they did it more in the Spurs game. Actually. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, against Everton, they were just um, they just didn't have any ideas. It, it was like it was actually like offensively, it was like going back to square one a bit. Do you know what I mean? It was like uh, going back to the early games in the Premier League. So it was it was disappointing, and three thousand fans as well. I thought, you know. You want to give us something to sing about? Oh, don't you? you just think if you do something, you're going to get those with you, and it's going to be you're going to be hard to stop with that momentum with the fans behind you. So, and knowing how the Everton fans can turn very quickly, although I will say the goal was fortunate. It was, but it was coming, wasn't it? It was fortunate in the sense that Rashardton actually takes a poor touch, yeah, and Theo Walcott reads it and gets ahead, uh, and Gunnison can't. Close him down. Uh, it's fortunate by the way that it, the angle it he goes at as well. Absolutely, as well. absolutely. And then good save by Average, but you know, no one tracking um, Sigurdsson and it's a it's a tap in. It was it was just uh, defensively. I thought, yeah, decent display, but offensively, it was it was terrible. I, mean, I, I think the, the two things that concern me there, are, uh, and they're interlinked. Blake saying that we that kind of nullified them, which did to a large extent. And mm-hmm. Rob, Rob saying, Rob Phillips saying that um, we, Cardiff did okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that worries me a little bit because time time is moving on in this league, mm-hmm. um, and I I feel like Blakey Everton didn't really get out of second gear in that game and. Nullifying, yeah, you need a foundation. You've got to nullify to start with, but you can't just accept. You know, Cardiff didn't threaten the goal at all. You can't accept that as did okay. You've mm. got to have more. This comes a point where Cardiff are going to have to go away from home and start winning games mm. now and again. Well, it was a very defensive-minded um, selection from Neil Warnock, wasn't it? I mean, I, I think. Sorry, Dom. I, 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 I kind of agree with you, but I think Cardiff would have been better, right? Having um, Ada and Gunnison sat in front of the back four. Yeah, I've said I, this before. I agree. Right? Camarasa ahead of them. And then rely more on your full backs to get and support the front men. Do you know what I mean? But you still need two attacking Camar- wingers and they only, had, they only had one. Yeah, yeah. The two attacking wingers is a given. You've got the big man, um, the big man Patterson up front on his own. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Camarasa sat deep but you've got the two holding midfielders right yeah. so you're playing like a diamond shape and I just thought especially after the first half I was a bit disappointed that we didn't adjust things not change things all eat, but adjust things to nullify Sigerson mm. because I thought Gunnison was often closing a man down in midfield and then Sigerson was coming off the front man and coming into that pocket where Gunnarsson should be. So they were quite clever and astute, and that's what you get in Premier League games. 
is, right, you're going to sit with a number six. Okay, we're going to play in a way that's going to draw him out. Even five or ten yards is all these players need in order for Sigerson to just shift to the left or shift to the right, come off the defender who's thinking, well, he's going into Gunnison space, picks up the ball, and then Morrison, Bamba, don't know whether, do I go tight, do I sit deep? The problem they got is Saul would go tight, but Morrison likes to play deeper. Morrison likes to see the whole pitch, and he often is the deepest man, aside from Etheridge. So that causes a problem for offside. Morrison isn't quick. That what causes you another problem. So you've got to be brave enough to either say, we step up and squeeze that space to nullify Sigerson, or our back or our midfield that is going to drop off. That to an off. extent as well, because Bamba, Bamba anticipated a lot. And Absolutely. A lot of I thought Bamba and Manga again were brilliant. Yeah. I thought Kadeem was very, very good as well. I thought he was... But isolated, I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, but defensively, worked his knackers off and done really well up and down there, tracking his runs and everything, but... Just not enough going forward. You just summed it up there because um, he he did work, put a hell of a shift in defensively. But what was happening? I actually felt a bit sorry for Callum Patterson because the ball was being lumped up to him and it like Roy and uh, Roy Keane, um, <laughs> Roy, Michael Keane, <laughs> isn't Michael, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. You can play on him as well, Michael. Keane. Yeah, but he he, 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 he had a cigar. Found it easy. Yeah, but you know, you know, this mate. is this is this is where I say, like, we're going to go back to the centre forward argument. Right, Callum is not a mobile player, as no, in but if he he's was, going to come off and he's going to turn into there, or he's going to turn into there, and because he hasn't got that, everything becomes the same. Yeah, so if okay. you're playing up the Patterson, it has to be ball in the air for him to flick it on. We need yeah, players but, around him. But, as but well. this Callum is the, this point I was going to make that because of the because of the selection, there weren't players. Kadeem Harris was having to do a defensive shift for a long time. Um, the fullbacks weren't getting forward, um, and because Josh Murphy wasn't in the team, mm-hmm. so there was nobody to get any to get on the end of any flicks that Patterson was flicking. Up. And I say it was meat and drink to me, Nankin, absolutely what? meat and drink, or Seamus Coleman. They just they had cigars in their mouth. Yeah. You know? Now look, to be fair, I come back to it. A foundation is needed, and for a, for large parts of the game, Cardiff did nullify them. them. Yeah. So why wasn't Josh Murphy in the team? That is to Cardiff's credit. That's to Warnock's credit tactically. But there comes a point where more is going to be needed offensively at some stage. Way more, Paul. To start winning winning games away from home. I'll give you even a chance of winning because you can't keep going into these games. I don't care what anyone says. They can agree or disagree. I'm telling you now, that's probably the third, maybe fourth time I've seen a team beat us in second gear this season. And that's right. when you think you might have a chance if, if someone's right. not quite at their best. That's, that's when you've got the best chance because trying to get them out of second gear into third gear, Everton, is very, very difficult, right? Once you set your mind frame and set and you're in a certain pattern, as you've seen it before, when teams are on the on the up and they're winning and then they go, say, 2-0 up and then they relax and then the other team gains the momentum, for the team who's winning to step back up, it's difficult. So when you start the game in that mode, you tend to finish it in that mode as well, you know, because Everton were never on it. I mean, as they would be against Liverpool, they'll be on it. I know it's a total one, different one moment from Cardiff to, yeah. like you say, unsettle them. But why? If Cardiff fans got a, a legitimate reason to ask why, why the hell Josh Murphy and Bobby Reid aren't getting in the team for these games? I I can't answer that. I really can't. You mean you you think they should be in the team, but 
Well, you can't sell read, whether not. Read not so much, right? <laughs> really, Murphy. Read, read, I would go. I, I would play between him and Camarasa, depending on my opposition. I would play in that ten position, right? So in games where we're playing the likes of Huddersfield or Newcastle, I would play a Camarasa. In game where we're playing like a Watford or an Everton or an Arsenal. I would play Reed because you're going to get a better defensive shift out of Reed, and you're going to get a better offensive shift at Camarasa, right? So there's horses for courses, as they say. But Murphy, I don't know. You, that's that's something that um, did you put it the Neil Warnock after the game? Well, our man Ian was up, up there. I'm sure he, I'm sure he did ask him. But it's worth it's worth asking why Warnock considered, or why Warnock thought he should have played four, basically four central midfielders. And I think it was Arta and Camarasa who were sharing, doing a wide role, which mm. neither of them are, neither of them are uh, comfortable to do, really. Mm. Well, the answer to that is probably it goes back to what Blakey said at the start about to a degree Cardiff nullified them for large parts, but could they still have nullified them with in, with an extra attacking yeah, outlet? In, in, I believe they in could. In nullifying them, they they had nothing at the other end of the pitch, and mm. look, you know, it was a matter of time before Everton scored in that game. They could have scored more. Etheridge made a couple of excellent saves. There was a brilliant clearance off the line by Salt Bamba. It was 1-0 going on 3 or 4, to be perfectly honest with you. If we're, if we're going to analyse it a few days on with cold professional heads on, you know that was a bit of a cakewalk for Everton, really. Well, what about throwing it forward then and the changes that Cardiff have to make to improve, especially away from home? Because we haven't seen much of them away from home this season. We've barely seen a, a point, I think just one, against Huddersfield. Mm. What is the method for these type of games? Obviously, we'll talk about Wolves later. That probably requires something different. What is the game plan, Blakey, for these away games? Because that's clearly it's what not working it? at the or, moment. Uh, well, what should it be? Well, I, I would be looking at a situation where I've always got my keeper, my back four, and I would be saying against the likes of Everton, who are flying high, two central midfielders to sit, all right? And then I would basically be saying the other four are the ones that go and attack. Yeah? Uh, the other three, sorry, uh, are the ones that go and attack. That was four. No, four, four yeah. sorry, go yeah, and no. attack. So you've... You, well, you sort of you, need a link maybe between those four. Well, you've got a Camarasa, that's what I'm link, saying. Yeah. So the, you know, the likes of Camarasa and your striker and then your two wide men. You know, the two wide men, you can be quite free in if you find yourself on the left when you're supposed to be on the right and vice versa you know don't get hung up about it just track back straight into a defensive position when you've lost the ball simple as that but going forward you're allowed you you've got some freedom you know you can be expansive if you like yeah um and you know i just think at the moment they've got to decide whether they're just going they're just getting through the game and then from an attack point of view. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They got to, they got to come with more than Patterson long ball up because what they're doing now they found. I find they didn't play hardly no football against Everton, mm. and it was like like I said a return back to the early games. It was mm. almost like we've now found a centre forward who we can play long balls up to, so it justifies that long ball up because he wins flick ons. But then, what happens to the flick-on? Because you've had no one then anticipating the flick-on or... You can't flick you know, someone onto nobody, can well, you? Well, you know, if you're going to play that way, which I 
I don't believe is the right way. If you're asking me, I would still say you can use that as part of a plan, but you need to get more possession of the football. And the, the, the quicker you do it, the longer by the end, the, by the second half of the season, you'll be more in tune and more used to playing a bit more possession-based game. But the long ball back to front, and then what's happening is after the games, we seem to be saying, oh, well, that was a problem with the referee, and we had a decent chance there, and da 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 da, da. And I just think it, it's, it's just a smokescreen, really, because for me, you were never in that game to win it. Yeah. You, were just, you just turned up. With no real plan A or B. The plan A, everybody knows. So you're going to have to hit your opponent with something different, something new. But also the set pieces aren't working. So well, we don't have any set pieces, Don. You don't have possession. I said this at the start of the season. What happens is, last season in the championship, where you get more possession and teams aren't used to, uh, can't cope with that big long ball, right? In this league... Teams can cope with that big long ball. If you listen to someone like Pep Guardiola in his first season, yeah. what he's learned more than anything was this is a this league is about second balls. Mm. It's not about possession, right? Mm. It's what you do once that ball has gone and it's gone up and it's fought for. What happens to the ball that drops down? Now whoever gains it can then gain control of the game. Yeah. Right. So it's understanding that it's simple, it's basic, and we've got managers and coaches who been in this league all their lives so I don't understand why they can't come up with a formula that is a bit more expansive going forward but very very solid in defence and I'm not saying that's going to win you games I'm saying at the moment we seem to be in between two we're not playing well, it's obviously not easy to cut a compromise between the between the two especially with, with no you've got to make a decision you've got to make a decision on, yeah. on really and truly whether We've got the personnel to play this way or that way. And I think if you give more, if you show more confidence in your team as a keep ball perspective, keeping the ball and passing, blah, blah, and moving and rotating and what have you, mm. it takes a while to get going. But over the course of six or seven weeks, most players are intelligent enough to pick it up. And by now, we should be competing offensively better than what we are, I think, personally. Well, let me read you a stat, um, which comes from Optus Duncan Alexander. Don't read a lot of stats out on the podcast, but I think this one's quite revealing about the Everton game. Um, Cardiff's pass completion rate was 52%, and the number of successful passes that they completed in the game was 115. Um, both those low. figures are the lowest of all teams in any game in the Premier League this season. So well, Cardiff were passing the ball successfully once every 51 seconds so long time I, between passes. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't aware of those figures, but it doesn't, having watched that game, it doesn't, those figures surprise don't surprise you. me at all because of what I, what I said. I'd say, I'd say two things, right, um, in terms of moving forward. One is, I actually thought, stroke, hoped that Cardiff would be a bit of a culture shock to the rest of the Premier League with their style of play. And Blakey, Dom and I were discussing this earlier that, that in the championship Sean Morrison was a colossus in the area he's winning headers in every in both boxes mm. I can't put a percentage on it but it seemed to be 80% of the time he mm. was magnificent um, I remember because of that I was, I was saying to my son in the summer who's, I said do you think Morrison's one of you know you know, do you think he's better than Matt Hummels in the air? And he just laughed at me <laughs> as if I was an idiot, right? right? I'm not suggesting a better football, I'm saying in terms of an aerial ability. And you're right, Blakey. 
these Premier League defenders, although they're good on the ground and they're quick and that sort of thing, they are just brilliant in the air, aren't they? And like you say, they win the aerial duels. You know, Maguire. Keen people like that. It's timing. What's Paul. his name? Lewis Dunk yeah. for Brighton when he scored. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different. You yeah. know, they they. It, it, you have to realise that everything steps up. It's okay saying the Championship is a great league. Don't get me wrong, and it's probably a mixture of everything that's great. Right. But the Premier League is far more skill, possession, tactical based. Right. Yeah, but I'm just talking about heading ability. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, just, and I'm saying with someone like without that ability, do they? No, they I'm saying get... with, with with someone like Morrison, what you've got to understand is that the athleticism is different in the Premier League to the Championship. Yeah, and the timing is better of the jump. Yeah. Sounds doesn't sound loud, but yeah. Dom's like probably five nine, five eight. He can out jump someone who's six foot three, six foot four if his timing is correct. Aguero's a perfect example of it. It's about timing mm. in the opposition box. The best player I played against was Cannavaro Fertili. Five was, foot yeah. seven. He wasn't a giant at all. Best yeah. timing of the header. What you know is if you're short, you've got to jump early. right? And he was able to jump and hang. Now, I had a good hang time, but he would jump so early and hang that he would always, always, well, not always do me, but do me. And if I won the battle, he had someone like Nesta. Or Nesta would come and do the jump, bang against you. You fight him. If you win, manage to win it, then Cannavaro's there to sweep it up. So you have to understand these players now in the Premier League are global, global internationals. They're internationals everywhere. They've got there for a reason. So, yeah, they're there saying, for a reason. Not, yeah, not yeah, you, know, you can't come with the same tactic last season and think it's going to work so so so, so no. to, to default I said at the start that it was you know lump it up to Patson or Gunnison long throws right mm. and there were a lot of Gunnison the Gunnison long throws to kind of need a different approach or, or just mix it sometimes just you know just just sometimes just get it throw it to you six yards away get it back to me take a touch and swaz it in if you're in the right position or take the defender on you know, this, you know, it was like when we kept doing the long throw from Morrison down the line, every throw in. And eventually it caught us out because he's out of position in the one game. And they go, we, it was at home, was it? We, we lost. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, no, I remember the, I remember they, the move. It yeah, it went over his head and bang, they score. And I'm like, well, that's of a consequence of thinking, right, our 18 yard box, Morrison throw it long. You know, so it's 30 not yards out, Morrison throw it long. You know, halfway line, Morrison throw it long. The opposition is eating the airbox. Marlstrom, throw it in lock. It, like, come on, mix it up, fellas. This is now the Premier League. You know, I've been... Those players would have had a throw-in thrown to them from five yards away since they were seven years old, eight years old. It's not difficult. It doesn't matter if you mark them off. Dominic marks me, throw it to my, on my right shoulder, throw it to my left, I can hold him off. I can pass it back to you under pressure. It's no problem. They've got the, player, the ball players to, to do have. it. Cameras are hard to go and tell me they're not... But it's playing, what it is, it's playing percentages. And right now, that percentage-based game in this league, you're going to struggle. Okay, then here's here's an idea then, Blakey, based on what you said and based on the fact that you said everything comes down to the centre-forward. Would Cardiff be better placed by putting Bobby Reid as their main centre-forward? Would it stop them playing long, hopeful balls up front? Would it make them play into his feet? No, it wouldn't make them. It wouldn't make them because they're used to playing a certain way, Dom. So it's patterns. We're talking of play. about it maybe changing the style of play. Yeah, well, you would. It takes work. 
Yeah. Well, obviously, no, it, has to be it the takes work. Plan, but... it, it takes work, and it takes, you know, someone like Reed. What what I would say to someone like Reed is right. Never be stood still in front of the centre half when we are in possession. Right. Be behind him. Stand behind him. Mm. Right. It was whenever I played up against someone who was like incredibly strong. Yeah. What I would revert to was my pace. So I would stand away from him, stand behind him, stand where he's looking for me, rather than where he can grab me and feel me and push me. Right? So you, 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 would, you would have to adapt the way you play. But these are things, that's what I'm saying, these are things that should have been ironed out and done pre-season. Well, Cardiff you know, started the difficult. season with Reed up front, and they and they bought him knowing that last season he played as a number nine for Bristol City, scored twenty mm. odd goals. Mm. It's not it's not an impossible adjustment to make. Paul's probably thinking that the certain Kenneth Sahor should come back, but this is just this is just a, this is me thinking out loud, really, as an alternative to change Cardiff's style well, of play. I was at the Bournemouth game, and I thought. I'm not saying he was sensational. I'm I saying he's, a, Reed, he's an option. Know, it was crying out for a different sort of centre forward at the time Cardiff were lacking the physicality in that area I, I I come back to what Blakey said there about the percentage game he called it you're, you're hoping from a Gunnarsson long throw that the ball will drop and sometimes it does it and will, it becomes yeah. a scramble yeah. but if you're saying, will the keeper you've got but, to beat. but if you're saying that their defenders at this level are cuter in terms of anticipation and sharpness mm. maybe that's what instead of thinking oh Cardiff That's why you have levels of Cardiff just need a, a rub of the green and then it will go yeah, in. Yeah. It's more those defenders are reading the no, second you've got balls it. You and actually, rid of them. The difference is, Paul, you have to create it. So you have to go out and practice ideas of what you're going to do in certain positions. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw it to Paul. Okay, and then when they see that, Paul, you come short and then Dom, you stand behind him and you just come off to the angle. I'm going to give it, I'm going to pretend to throw it to Paul and then I'm going to go to Dom. So they're just little, they're only little intricate moves, you know what I mean, which take 10 minutes on a training ground, but they're just ways of, and then, right, when, I, when, the, when the ball gets thrown back to me on the thrower, right, really, you're going to come short. If I can get into your feet, you go down the line, or spin off inside, which allows me to go down the line. They're just little patterns of play that you go through in training around the 18-yard box, which end up, you know, sometimes it's totally off the cuff. Sometimes you do something that you haven't practiced, but what it does, it gives you ideas and put things in people's head, right, when Paul's in this position, I know I need to be in that position. But should we still be talking about Cardiff learning to do these things at the end of November in their first season? Well, whether we should or not, we are. Um, (laughs) I'm not against the Bobby Reid idea, but as time goes on, I'm beginning to... What about my other idea then? I'm coming to... Well, we'll come on to that in a moment, but... In the short term, I'm wondering if Blakey's Jace, um, Josh, Josh Murphy. Murphy's suggestion is actually a good one. Mm. Um, I always thought he lacked the physical presence for that role, but mm. you disagree with that, Blakey. I yeah. like Dominic's idea. He's put a story on Wales Online today. Okay, this I'm is going to this is going to set the cat amongst the pigeons, This is going to set the cat amongst the pigeons. But Dom has suggested a January on loan swoop for. Fernando Florenti, former Swansea City favourite. Dom, you explain your well, reasoning. 15 goals for Swansea in the 2016-17 season. Seven of them with his head, so he wouldn't have to change Cardiff's style of play. Maybe big on wages, um, but no bigger than 
other people that Cardiff are going to need to sign in January to improve their um, survival bid. In need of football. In need of football. Hasn't played barely at all for Spurs because of Harry Kane this season. And crucially, the loan move says to him, listen, if we get relegated, you don't have to worry about that. We're not lumbered with your wages for another season. We're going to have you for six months. Can you score us 10 goals to stay in the league? He kept the swans up, Blakey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. when he left and Sigurdsson as well yeah. that they plummeted and into in the And in my mind, so what? They used to play for Swansea. I don't, I don't think that matters. Mm. Oh, it always matters, Dom. <laughs> well, it, would, it would make him more a Cardiff favourite than a Swansea favourite. It always matters, trust me, it always matters. But I, he was only I, there for a season. I, under, I, understand, I understand what you're saying, and, uh, and I think it's yeah, it's, it's it's a valid point and a valid choice. Also, yeah, yeah. They need that kind of class, that kind of experience. It wouldn't turn to someone younger. I think the problem you'll have in the position Cardiff are in is someone like Lorente will consider that a step backwards that's the problem you have he'll probably end up going back into Spain or somewhere Spain or something like that maybe Mo- someone like Monaco who are struggling now it's a six you know, month loan where he can like be the, the main man for a Premier League club and he doesn't have to worry about yeah, getting relegated players don't think like that though. well I wish they would yeah I, I do as well <laughs> but they think to themselves right first of all if I'm not playing here yeah I can play there but there's, there's probably 30 clubs where I can go and play if I just want to play. Do you know what I mean? I can play anywhere. He must have a flat from his time in Swansea in South Wales. He'd be settled <laughs> down <flat>. here. Flat. <laughs> a masonette. A five-bedroom penthouse <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Listen, irrespective of whether it's Florenti or whoever the centre forward Any is, quality, don't I still think that to go back to what we were discussing 15 minutes ago about the structure of the team, mm-hmm. yeah, I still think you need... Fullbacks who can get forward and Absolutely. help provide that service. Cardiff have that in Joe Bennett on the left. They just need to pick him. And I don't him think do he's, he's 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 had look, he's had um, opportunity encourage him to do it. Yeah. Um, there's talk of a signing of Nathaniel Klein, um, who would be perfect for that sort of role on the right. Of course, if you get him, you can't have Laurenti as well, can you? No, you can't get two loans in Premier League clubs. Roles. Um, but they they need that structure. Maybe a call needs to be made with the three centre backs that you can, you know, um, the meatheads. Because you can't be leaving Bruno Manga at this team. I would, been, I would go. He's been Carlos' best player this Manga. season. That would be my two. Um, it's crying out surely for Arta, for a midfield triumvirate of Arta, Gunnarsson and Camarasa, is it not? I think I think the basics are there. I do. Um, whether they're good enough in the final third is clearly open to question. But Cardiff still have something significant going for them this season. That is that the top six teams are so superior to everybody else that there will be a scramble at the bottom with a number of clubs right through to the end. They'll all be chasing, they, they all be chasing the, the problem Cardiff have got because of the wage, yeah, as Dominic's just alluded to, they don't want to pay a big wage. The problem they have, Newcastle will. Fulham will. Southampton will. If they, if this means, right, I have to get that player on loan and pay him 100 grand a week or buy that player for 15 million, 20 million and pay him 80 grand a week, they will. I don't I don't like this argument, though, that's been put to me and I know it's gone around about, oh, well, look, it's... I don't think the phrase shot to nothing has been used, but if Cardiff go down, there's a squad good enough to come back up again. Oh, good luck I looked, with that one. We're, we're, talking on <laughs> thir- we're talking on Thursday lunchtime after 
West Brom have, have won a game. Aston Villa, who've got a star-studded championship squad, mm. have drawn 5-5 at home in Nottingham Forest. Stoke, who've got a star-studded championship squad, have not been in the top half all season. I, I'm only skimming the surface yeah, here. If it was that easy, got, Paul, you still everyone who went down would go straight back. This is the point I'm making. Worry, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Or we'll just go Think down and go back. Think how hard last season yeah, was. Yeah. Think about all our... This right. is the point. I'm, and stuff right. This is the point I'm making. So you know, I I think somehow by hook or by crook, it's getting to the point where Carter have got to seize the moment you know they where they Paul? are now. And as I've said time and time and time again, they need a plan. You cannot go into a football club or season without any sort of plan. And if you if you looking at where Cardiff are right now, would you say that's good planning? Well, it's it's planning of some sort because they got they got where they are. Right, it's lastminute.com planning, right? That's what it is. It's a manager's come in and has actually done something that you didn't expect him to do. Now, I keep referring to Neil Warnock and saying it's not about his plan. Neil Warnock will come and will go, what is the club's plan? Yeah, Watford, you look at them, they got a plan. They work to it, Yeah. So many Bournemouth, Burnley. Yeah, Everton, they yeah. All, you, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a structural overall strategy of how your club is going to develop forward. To go up and say simply, I will accept going back down and then we'll have a squad good enough to go back up. Oh, really? That happened last time we were in the Premier League then? No, ask Stoke if that's happening to them. Ask Swansea if that's happening to them. You know, ask all but five of the teams in the Championship if it's that easy because they've all been in the Premier League at some stage and there's teams in League One who've been in the Premier League ask them ask Leeds United if it's that easy Coventry City if it's that easy Sheffield United if it's that easy Sheffield Wednesday massive Premier League club in the 90s if it's that easy but it's not so it does my head in like what Paul's saying there is correct it does my head in when people say oh yeah we'll go up and when we're up We've we've done everything. Look at last season, like you said, it was massive getting up, huge, huge, huge. You know, take my hat off to everybody. But then, right, what are you doing planning going forward? What is the plan? How how do we stay here? If I was in a boardroom, that's what that's the first question. How do we stay here? We'll leave it hanging on that question, and we'll uh, we'll discuss more next week. Cause it's absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, right, let's have a quick break and we'll then ask Blakey a few of your questions. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Okay, Nathan, questions for you. Streaming in on Facebook. Thank you all for these. Yes, thank you. Let's start with Philip Moss. All right, Philip. He's got this one for you. Um, Along similar lines of what we were dis- discussing, how much Bla- how much does Blakey think we need to spend realistically to stay up? I assume he's talking just in January. How much how much needs to be spent in January? Yeah, uh, I don't think you get much change out of about forty to sixty million if you're going to stay up. <laughs> Is that going to happen? No, that's a lot of money for anyone, let alone Cardiff. Not in this day and age, Dom. How much will Fulham spend? They've already spent 100. Do you think they'll spend another 50? If need be, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Short and sharp. That's fine. That's fine. Um, let's go on to questions about the game or about the team. Um, one of which comes from David Sayer. With Mendes, with Mendes Lang coming back from injury, how would your midfield look? Would you drop Rowles and Gunnarsson to put Camarasa and Arta into the middle? Let's assume that Mendes Lang is back. We're not 100% sure. Yeah, if Mendes Lang was back, you'd have... Um, although he wouldn't walk straight in front of Kadeem. At this moment in time, Kadeem and Murphy would be my wingers. And then knowing that Mendes Lang is back, whichever one of you two don't perform... Mendes goes in, but I would definitely have either Gunnarsson holding with Camarasa in front because I can't get enough out of my fullbacks at the moment. If I could, Bruno would go to centre back, Sean would go onto the bench, I'd bring in a right back who can attack and defend, and I'd probably do very similar with my left fullback because at the moment Bennett has got the ability to get up and down, doesn't do it enough for me, and neither does. Uh, this is just me thinking out loud. But I think if Cardiff had an overlapping right back, could they then afford to play Camarasa out on the right wing or Bobby Reid out on the right wing with license to drift in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, 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 then you're giving yourself another option. Yeah, of course you can. That's because what you would, I would, do. I would say, well, they do and they don't. Some do, some don't. If you've got a great winner, you don't want him to go inside. You want him to go outside. I think of the likes oh. of Juan Mata or Hazard or people like that who. Yeah, operate yeah. inside a lot yeah of the yeah time. but it's still nothing there's n- nothing more beautiful than seeing a winger just just fly down the outside no. of the defender and it, it frightens defenders to death it's as simple as that so and Mendes Lang's done it for Cardiff yeah yeah but the two Kadeem and Murphy would be my first choice uh, Mendes Lang who I think is probably he's brave Mendes that's why I like him and like I said last season for all after his blistering start, he was still playing well positionally. You know what I mean? He's still putting the shift in. He's still in the right position. Great for a fullback. Helps his fullback. And he's a great size, great stature. When he comes back, he'll probably look like a boxer. So don't get on his back. <laughs> because when you're injured that long, you tend to do a lot more body weight. So it'll probably take him three or four games to get loosened up and get going as well. So that's just a note for the fans. There we go. Well, we'll talk about fullbacks. Mike Madge asks... Um, would you bring Bennett back in and maybe um, Peltier at right back? Would you would be tempted to change the fullbacks? Um, I know Paul would be tempted would, to I, bring I, Joe Bennett. You know, Cunningham and Bennett. One of you got to show me something, right? Because you both got the ability to play there. And right back, I would say, I would go into the market and get right back. You don't fancy uh, Peltier in the Premier League? I'm sorry, no. He's a good. Standing, good cover. Um, Again, defensive And he's 100% line, there. But yeah, 100% there. You know, I love him. You know, I love him. He just nails people. But to stay in, I think you, in this league, you've got to have more attacking prowess about you. Paul, do you want to join the, uh, the Joe Bennett debate this week? Nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bennett Paul's is watching best. Coronation Street Joe, over there. Joe Bennett is the best left back at the club and north. Fair enough. Here's a good one from uh, Chris Tregonic. Slightly tongue-in-cheek, I think, Blakey. Look, it's not ass Paul, innit? Well, yeah, <laughs> be a shortest section of the history of podcast. Uh, Chris asks, uh, tongue-in-cheek, will we ever get a penalty awarded this season? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't actually think Cunningham's was a penalty. I watched it on the replay, and uh, someone said to me on radio afterwards, it was a penalty, and the boys in the studio said a penalty. I still, I'm not convinced. I thought Cunningham went down 
and there was a bit of an arm on his back, but there was no leg into his legs. There was some um, dissatisfaction from Cardiff fans that match of the day hadn't even shown that incident. I thought they could have shown. Yeah, because it, it was probably innocuous, probably. That's I, why. I, I wanted to watch it back when I got back to Cardiff on Saturday night and I was shocked it wasn't on. Um, my initial impression was a penalty. If it wasn't a penalty, it had to be a book for booking for diving. When I have subsequently seen it, it's just as Blakey says, it was neither here nor there. It no. wasn't a penalty and it wasn't a dive. Yeah. He just... He just yeah, that's probably why it wasn't on match of the day because yeah. there wasn't really much controversy in it for me. Okay. Have Cardiff not had a penalty this season? No, but they had two last time they played Wolves, didn't they? So maybe this is the one, although they did miss both of them. Um, let's go finally then more onto the Wolves game. This one's also from Mike. Uh, Matt, he says, right, what's your Mike. thoughts on Wolves attacking force and do you think the Cardiff defence can cope with the quick players they have? Listen, Wolves at this moment are not playing with a lot of confidence. What you can't afford to do is let them come and gain confidence on you. So Cardiff have got to start the game fast, start the game well, and basically take the momentum, take the initiative away from Wolves altogether and really try and stamp their authority on them psychologically and physically right from the get-go, kind of how they did against um, Brighton the other day and they, how they did against Arsenal. Start like that, get on top, don't let your opponent breathe, you know, any, you know, slightly, you know, off passes into midfield, be all over it, you know, tackle, run, harry, you know, press, that's important because yeah, what you can't do, loss at Huddersfield. what you can't do is allow Wolves to get confident because at some point their fortunes will turn. Listen, they won't go down, in my opinion. They'll be they're having a bit of a bad run. And it tends to happen with teams that come up around just before Christmas. They lose their legs a little. And then what you find is their home games, especially over the Christmas period, tend to get them back on track. And then they get through January and they're alright. So I think Wolves will still be okay. Um I don't think they'll finish like top eight or top ten, anything like that. I think fifteenth, sixteenth maybe 14, 13, that's around that area they'll finish, but they're a good team, yeah. you know, and, but they're a team without a lot of confidence at the moment. The manager's feeling it, the players are feeling it, you know, they're going to come here thinking this is the best opportunity, three points and get back on track. A point is worst case scenario, right? Well, like most teams think when they come to Cardiff this right. season, not thinking if we get out of there with a point, we've done well, right? So, Cardiff got a start well it's all about the start for me Dom huge be very very interesting well thank you for all your questions remember you can put them in to us at Cardiff City Live on Twitter or at Cardiff City online on Facebook let's take a short break again and then we'll predict our results for the coming weekend got a question for Blakey tweet us at Cardiff City Live So Nathan, not a great week for you last week. You got the correct score for the Man City West Ham game, but only one Did other result. One result, was it? One other result. So three points out of ten. That's uh, why you don't gamble, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a word of warning there. Be gamble. I don't from, gamble. Uh, um, Nathan Blake. So before we get into our Cardiff Wolves predictions, Nathan, I'm going to let you take the stage um, for your Premier League predictions this weekend. This weekend. Okay, should we we'll leave Cardiff Wolves to last? Yes, we? please, yeah. As usual. Okay, Palace Burnley. Come on, Palace. I'm going to go with a 2 1 win. You've gone back on Palace. Yeah. Uh, Man City Bournemouth. 
I'm gonna go with a seven now. Defensively, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with a four-two there. All right, four-two. Interesting. City, Leicester, Watford. Oh, I got a draw written all over it. I go one-one. Newcastle, West Ham. No, I actually go Newcastle two, West Ham nil. I just feel Brighton. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Nil nil written all over it, that, isn't it for me? I'm gonna go one nil uh Huddersfield. Uh Southampton Man United. I'm gonna go nil three. I'm gonna Chelsea Fulham. Ooh, Derby. I'm gonna go uh, Ranieri against his former club. Two one Chelsea. Arsenal Spurs. Oh, that's a great game. It's a good job Paul's got me working in the office Sunday with all these great games on uh, on Sunday. Um, Arsenal Spurs. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it three two to Arsenal. To Arsenal. Yeah, home field advantage. And the pool Everton again because Liverpool at home. I'm gonna go two one close one there. So you finish with three derbies there: two London derbies and Liverpool Everton. Mm-hmm. And at the risk of ridicule, isn't Geography Wolves about as close to Cardiff as you get in the Premier League these days? <laughs> is this a derby? Is this a derby? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you consider, is it uh, if you consider like Wolves, walk, uh, I think it's something to do like Wolves fans and Newport. That's why they wear the same right. uh, colours. There we are. Like, well, if that's Cardiff, so, I mean, that would be our Premier League derby, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the uh, certainly the Warnock versus Nuno derby, isn't it? After yeah. last season's commotion and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and all that went on there. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh, Cardiff Wolves. Um, I'm gonna go Cardiff two. Wolves one. Yeah. There we go. I was gonna say that as well, you know, Nathan. Yeah, I, I, I think exactly Wolves are just on a bit of a, a down of confidence wise, but. Isn't it necessity for Cardiff? This it's like it, it, it's, these it's, games are so. It's huge in many ways, yeah, right? So because important. what you do, you you can't ignite wolves. So if they do come here and do you, you ignite them. They're back on a roll, right? And you need to start winning games. You know, and just looking at some of those fixtures, Huddersfield and Newcastle look like they've got winnable home games. And you, you don't want those teams gonna to get, get ahead of you. You're going to have to get. This season, for me, you're going to have to get a minimum of nine wins. Right? Yeah. A minimum of nine wins. And what have we got at the moment? Two. Two. So we need seven more wins. Right? At least to get the 30-point mark. And then you're hoping like three or four draws, because I think it'll be 32, 34, 35 highest. It's not going to be a huge total to to stay up this season, is it? Paul, what's your uh, thoughts on the Wolves game before we wrap up for the week? Head versus heart again, or just don't know. Mm. Really don't. Well, what you know, what what you what we know more than anything is uh, from last season. Wolves had done their homework, right? I said we'd go up and beat them. We did, and then the game at home for me was the title challenge. If we had beaten them, I think it had gone down to two or three points, and I think we were being with a great chance of winning the league. Didn't they came? They'd worked us out. They clearly watched that we couldn't handle rotation, and we struggled. And it was quite a comfortable night for them in the end. That's got to change 
tomorrow. So you can approach if you're if you're gonna approach the game. For me, watch. I would have been watching last year's game, home game. I would probably watch it ten times now, and I would be looking right what we have to do different, which walls were set up to deal with, to cope with. They can cope with passing. They can cope with flick ons. What, where are their weaknesses? For me, and far be it for me to to exceed your expertise because that's never going to happen but for me the weaknesses of Wolves are in behind those wing backs so they've got the back three so if I'm Cardiff I'm thinking Murphy, Harris or whoever plays out wide you've got to exploit that space in between the wing backs and the uh, the back three mm. but the way you exploit that is you get your full backs forward and with the greatest respect Mango and Cunningham yeah. are not going to be doing that yeah, yeah. get Joe Bennett back then that's a good idea yeah we shall see. Well, thank you very much. For uh, just, 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 just the last thing. Is, is Richards injured, injured then? Is he Jazz Richards? Because he's not played a lot of football for he, Cardiff, has he? He has been injured. He has been. He uh, played an hour for the under-23s the other day, but he's been he's been struggling with with match fitness, I think, more than anything else. He's just been carrying a, a slight knock for a, for a long time now. Seems to be a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. I've well, we the, always think that he could be that right-back that Cardiff need, yeah, but... I've always had the impression that Warnock preferred Peltier, and then he wants to get Manga in his team and Morrison yeah, and Bamba, so... Yeah, he probably would, but, you know, if that's where it comes down to a player's mindset. I like Jazz. I think Jazz has got you, something about him. Well, he, he can defend, then he can attack. Yeah. His so contract's up at the end of the season, so uh, it's yeah. do or die for him, really, at Cardiff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Well, thank you both for your contribution today. Thanks for all the questions for Blake. You are getting more and more of those every week. This podcast is brought to you in association with Giovanni's. You can listen on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or Wales Online. From the three of us today, it's thanks for listening, and we'll be back very, very soon. <laughs>